Carl Jung said, the privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are. This is an invitation to move differently in the world, to operate from a place of deep knowing and alignment. I'm Adrian McDonald and welcome to the Mindset Strategist Podcast. Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome back, or welcome if it's your first time. First and foremost, the stitches are out. Finally, I am very excited, and I hope that I sound a little bit more back to normal. I know towards the end of last week, I felt like I was trailing off a bit towards the end. So thank you for your patience, and thank you for your well wishes. So let's get into what the muse has for us. When I was developing Source Code, which is my upcoming online self-paced course, and Trustfall, which is my upcoming retreat immersion experience, I was mulling around what my intention was with these two offerings. And clearly one of the many intentions that came through the work was, I want people to feel deeply rooted, not just grounded, but deeply rooted in themselves in a way that they've never been before. Like really, really deeply rooted within themselves and connected very strongly to divine intelligence, the universe. So today, I want to explore a bit about what I mean by being grounded and the difference of what deeply rooted means. And why I believe that it's important, especially at this point in our collective history, to be that, to be deeply rooted. And I'm going to share a few ways to do that, including some of my own personal practices. And before we begin, I want to share a passage from a book uh, called Spellbound by Dr. Daniel Lieberman. Dr. Lieberman was also the author of a book I recommended probably several times on this podcast called The Molecule of More, which was a focus on how dopamine um, affects our behavior. And I'm almost through his a more recent book called Spellbound, and I, I really thought that this passage sort of set up the conversation that we're going to have today. Suppressing the magical instinct that comes from the unconscious may appear sensible in this age of scientific rationalism, but it cuts us off from an important part of our humanity. It's like seeing the world in black and white when it could be filled with color. Magic is what we live for. We think we want material goods, a larger TV, designer clothes, the latest cell phone, but what we really want is to feel alive. And although we can give scientific explanations for mystical experiences and explore why it's important to take those experiences seriously, we can't say anything about the cause of mystical phenomenon, because that's a question of faith, which falls outside of the scope of what science can study. We experience the world differently when we resist the mystical affinity we feel for trees in favor of relying on a sterile statistical analysis. 
So let's talk about what what is grounded. And when I was doing research on this, it means to be and feel emotionally and mentally stable. That's the definition. And when I looked up this definition, I was a bit surprised because it felt a little weak to me. And rooted, when you look up rooted, the definition of that, is something of origin or source or the underground part of a seeded plant that functions as an organ of absorption, aeration, and food storage, or as a means of anchorage and support. So when I think about operating and moving differently in the world from a place of empowerment, trust, creativity, feeling that divine inspiration and connection with your inner compass, even in the midst of chaos and uncertainty, I feel like that's being rooted. When you can operate from that place, that's being rooted. Now, in order to operate that way, you obviously need to know who you are. And it surprises me how many people don't. And I include my old self, as I would say, um, in that. I, I really I really didn't until I started really diving deeper into contemplation and self-reflection and uh, deeper into personal development practices, spiritual practices. It's really helpful to know how you make decisions, how how you have a natural affinity for some particular subjects, and how you um, take data in, and how you process data. All of these are really important things to know about yourself. That's one of the reasons why when I work with private clients, I like to know what their human design is. I like to know what their big five personality profile is. There's a bunch of tools that I use to get down to a more individualization view. Because when we do individualization like that, we can go deeper. We can do it deeper. A lot faster. And that dramatically impacts the results people have. So... In order to move differently in the world, you got to know what makes you move in the world optimally and have the awareness and commitment to continuously do those things and also tweak them as you need to. And that's where I feel like rituals are helpful. And I use the word ritual over something like the word habit intentionally. A ritual is a sacred act or action. And I believe that there's a next level of intention and commitment in comparison to habit. There's a level of presence that you don't find in a lot of habits. You can go on autopilot with habits, and that's much more difficult to do with rituals. Now, that being said, you can certainly have a habit that I'm sorry, you, that being said, you can have a ritual that look and feels more like you're going through the motions, and that's become a habit. And that's because of your lack of attention and focus. And when that happens, it loses the connection. 
and it loses its sacredness. So what are some rituals that can help you stay rooted and deeply connected to that divine inner compass? Well, there's something called earthing. And uh, it's a grounding practice. And if you're not familiar with earthing, it's the act of walking barefoot outside. Put your feet in grass. I'm sure you've heard some reference to that, especially in recent times. The, uh, the explanation is that the electrons are transferred from the earth into your body, and this grounding effect is very powerful and has been studied by what people refer to as hard sciences. And you can Google um, earthing or grounding with uh, Andrew Huberman, the, who, if you've been listening for a while, you know how much I love his podcast, Huberman Lab. He's a neuroscientist out of Stanford University. He did something recently on grounding and earthing and the science behind it. Water. When I am feeling heavy or if I am coming off of a really intense um, VIP day or retreat or just because I've got a lot going on, sometimes I will take a ritual bath. And a ritual bath is very different than, hey, I'm just going to go soak in the tub. It's not just throwing in the bubbles. It's setting a certain intention for release. It's a meditation. Um... Sometimes there's candles involved. Like, it's a whole big setup. It's not just, hey, I'm going to run some water and throw a bath bomb in. It's all about the intention and focus. Fire. Now, I've talked about this in the past as a release ritual where you write uh, something out into a letter, something that you need to get out of your system. You burn the letter in the fire and release it to the universe. You can also do that with releasing intentions, like if you want to manifest something, same thing, release it to the universe. Um, I've used fire as a way to sharpen my meditation practices by looking at a flame and developing a connection there because it can bring you to the present very quickly. Um, During certain times of the year, there may be a fire ceremony. Uh, for celebration. Journaling. Now, whether that's using morning pages or free thinking or you are pouring out your questions and dreams onto the pages, when I talk about doing journaling as a ritual over a habit, it could be that Someone's having a dialogue, like you're asking the question and then writing the answer. It's a, it's a conversation type thing with the universe. There's several people that do this. Gratitude practice, whatever that means to you. Um, waking up your house. Environment is very important. If you feel the energy around you is very stagnant, Treat your environment as your co-creator. I know someone that, uh, several people, you make your tea or coffee in the morning, you go and you greet every worm in your house as if it was sentient. Lightens up the mood. It sounds a little off, but people enjoy it. They feel like, and I've done this myself, it just feels like I am more in tune with everything. 
And that's what other people have told me as well. And like I said, you have may you have may have heard of one or all of these things, and you may be doing some of these things. Well, maybe not waking up the house because that's one that people usually cock their heads to the side for. But this is about the intention and the connection you put forth. That's the difference between it being a habit versus a ritual. It's that sacred element. Now, one of the challenges that I have in the personal development industry, and I've touched on this before, is the focus on, shall we say, getting more. It's, you know, we need to manifest more, and I want this, you know, new car, or I want to manifest, you know, this new $5,000 purse, or you know, whatever it is. And manifesting is great. And whatever you want, no judgment on that. Where I have the issue is, is the focus is on the more and not the connecting with yourself and the universe. That seems to be overlooked in the realm. And it's like I'm going to the universe to be my ATM machine. And there's a lot of... I just see a lot of entitlement out there and a lot of empty gratitude practices. This there should be a uh, there is an expectation of reciprocal energy here. This is this is what sacred practices are about. So I said earlier that rituals could become like doing the minimum habits. And I definitely found myself in this space when it came to my gratitude practice. You know, it's like, okay, something occur. I'm so happy and grateful. You know, I would wake up in the morning. I'm like, okay, so what am I got one of these little books that says, you know, list three things of gratitude today. And I, I'm not dissing those per se. I mean, they, they can be very helpful, especially in the beginning. But when it gets to the point where you're staring down at the piece of paper, you're like, oh God, I got to come up with three things. You're, that's missing the point. And I feel like I've seen and experienced this in some churches, too, when someone's praying, but they're only praying when they want something or when something bad happens. And then that's when the bartering begins. And I mention that because I, I was raised in a Christian household, so my spiritual practices have shifted several times over the years. Um, most recently, I guess for years now, I've been studying shamanism, Celtic shamanism in particular, for well over a year now. So for me, I brought in the concept of offerings in a more intentional way. Now, offerings are a pretty common practice in religion and spiritual settings. They come in different ways, shapes, or forms. And I remember sitting in church, and we would have the, like the monetary offering, and we would pass the plate. And I didn't really give it much thought during that ritual. But it was like... It was more of a habit or an obligation. Now, that may be different from for you. Like, we all have different practices, and what's important is that you find the ones that work for you. The point is not to phone it in, that your intention and attention matter greatly. So, for me, it's, um, I do meditations and offerings 
that are nature related. And I pay attention to the lunar calendar um, and things of that nature. I'm much more nature based. And it really doesn't matter what your particular spirituality is. It's are you treating it like a sacred practice? So when you do that, that's what connects you to that inner compass. Now, returning back to Dr. Lieberman's work, he says that a numerous experience is often infallible. It can't be described in words. It must be experienced directly. In this respect, it's a lot like falling in love. It's not possible to understand what it feels like unless one has experienced it firsthand. For those who never have, descriptions of it sound exaggerated or absurd. Yet, it also feels familiar when it occurs. The numinous is personal. It knows who you are and wants to communicate something no one else would understand. And it's invigorating. When you have sacred practices, when you have sacred rituals, when you walk a path of intentional living, when you connect with your inner divine compass and cultivate that relationship with it and the universe, that's what happens. You have more of those moments. You are so rooted in yourself and so plugged in into the interconnectedness of everything that you experience more of those types of experiences. Those moments of clarity, those moments of inspiration, this is what enables you to move differently in the world. The chaos around you does not matter because you're like the tree. You're bending a little bit and you're swaying back and forth. You're communicating underground and that's where you're getting your guidance. So give that some thought this week. And that brings me back to an announcement I made last week. As you know, I've been developing self-paced online program focused on embracing your inner compass a little bit more and moving differently in the world. And that container will drop in late fall. I am offering super early bird pricing at $444 with a bonus QA experience with me. And the sales page, hello, Mercury Retrograde, and still having some challenges, but I do have a, a link to the checkout. If you are called and you're like, no, no, I went in on this now, I'll put a link to that in the show notes that you can look take a look at it. And hopefully the, um, the more full sales page will be back up and running uh, next week. Or sometime soon. As always, thanks for listening. And if this spoke to you in any way and when you want to share it out, I appreciate it. Always. If it resonates, leave a review. Always appreciate that. Very happy to connect on social media. Love to hear your feedback. I tend to be on Instagram, threads, Facebook, and LinkedIn the most more than anywhere else. And of course, what? What do we always say? Yes. Remember to find beauty every day. 
Thanks for listening to the Mindset Strategist podcast. If you found this helpful, I'd love for you to share it out. And reviews are always appreciated. You can check out my website at www.adrianmcdonald.com for more information. I would also love to connect with you on social. The links are in the show notes. Have a beautiful day.